Excess deaths climb at significant rate during pandemic. How many people have been harmed by mandates or vaccines? By John Lay with Clark. County. Today.com. In the past few months, a couple of concerning stories have emerged. Young, healthy people have suddenly died. Sarah Ann Mickisel, a 36-year-old graduate of Woodinville High School died suddenly at her apartment in Seattle according to an obituary. Jessica Berg-Wilson died at age 37 last September. Clark County Today also reported on a 17-year-old female who died from a heart attack, one of three deaths in the state attributed to the vaccine. An informal review of local obituaries found 38 individuals from Clark County under the age of 60 who had died in the first six weeks of this year. Four were in their 20s, seven in their 30s and 10 were in their 40s. The final 17 were in their 50s. Against this backdrop, many citizens have expressed concerns about possible adverse effects caused by the vaccines. After all, these were new technologies, especially for the mRNA delivery system that targeted the spike protein. The viral vector, single-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine had been paused early on. It was approved and then again paused for injection. News reports indicate Johnson & Johnson recently ceased production. Blood clots, myocarditis, pericarditis, and heart conditions began surfacing as more people were vaccinated. Stories of extremely healthy athletes suddenly collapsing or even dying appeared. Then there were stories of average citizens dying, like Mikasel and others. Then there were delays in getting care. Two separate time surgeries and hospital admissions have been stopped or limited by executive orders from Governor Jay Inslee. How many people got sicker or possibly died because of these delays in seeking medical care? The head of the Washington State Hospital Association, Cassie Sauer, says there is now a backlog of people waiting for surgery, following the most recent Inslee order. She also clarified that any medical centers that were not overloaded were able to perform less urgent procedures during the pause. Since February 1, 2020, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, estimate there have been 942,431 excess deaths in the U.S. One insurance company executive estimated that death rates are currently up 40% over what they were pre-pandemic. The insurance industry experienced the largest year-over-year increase in payouts since the 1918 influenza pandemic. Separately, two executive orders by Governor Jay Inslee kept people from getting what Inslee deemed as elective surgeries. Thousands of Washingtonians had medical procedures delayed. These range from colonoscopies to cancer care, anything that, if postponed, was not anticipated to cause harm to a patient within 90 days according to a recent emergency order. In Washington, there were 3,173 excess deaths in 2021 according to the CDC data. That compares with 1,597 in 2017, 711 in 2018, 327 in 2019, and 943 in 2020. The Department of Health shows annual deaths from all causes were running about 54,000 per year in 2015 and 2016. They increased to 58,292 in 2019 and jumped to 63,173 in 2020, an 8% increase the first year of the pandemic. The CDC explains that excess deaths are associated with COVID-19 directly or indirectly, typically defined as the difference between the observed number of deaths in specific time periods and the expected number of deaths in the same time periods. Over the past year, there have been numerous stories of athletes suddenly collapsing on sports fields or during athletic competition. While the majority appear to be male, it has happened to females as well. A new website has been documenting unexpected injuries or deaths, possibly linked to the COVID-19 vaccines. Goodchancing.com is presently showing 649 athlete cardiac arrests, and 404 deaths following vaccination. The website describes good science as 
We are a small team of investigators, news editors, journalists, and truth seekers, now backed up by others, who are discovering pieces of information that we can investigate. It doesn't really matter who we are. What really matters is that we care, carrying on an investigation and we're presenting the evidence we've found, almost all of it documented in mainstream media publications. They share stories from all over the world of people who tell their stories of negative health impacts following vaccination. Donald Parham, age 24 the Los Angeles Chargers tight end, collapsed in midair while taking a flying touchdown catch. He had received two COVID-19 vaccines and a booster. Luke Wilson, the 31-year-old former Seahawks tight end, retired a day after signing with the Seahawks. After signing with the Seahawks yesterday, I have decided to walk away from the game of football, Wilson wrote. This offseason I went through some health issues and spent numerous days in the hospital with a severe pericardial effusion, he said. That situation has really challenged me as an individual and changed my perspective on a lot of things with regards to my life. After reflecting on everything yesterday and being in the building, I have decided that it's time for me to begin with the next chapter of my life. Matt Shearer, age 38, was a former Oregon Ducks runner who died in December. There is no cause of death. He ranks number four on the Ducks all-time list in the 400 meters. Separately, Cooper Tier is a world-class runner. The 22-year-old collapsed during the 2021 NCAA Cross-Country Championships while competing for the University of Oregon. He had received his COVID booster two weeks earlier. He complained about problems with his heart and doctors worked to bring down his heart rate. Death rates up significantly. Death rates are up 40% over what they were pre-pandemic, said Scott Davison of One America's Group Life Policy Holders. He was talking about total deaths among Americans aged 18 to 64, working-aged Americans. We are seeing, right now, the highest death rates we have seen in the history of this business, not just at One America, Davison said during an online news conference this week. The data is consistent across every player in that business. Former BlackRock portfolio manager Eric Dowd cited fourth-quarter rises in death claims. He found increases of, compared with 2019, 57% for Lincoln National, 41% for Prudential, 32% for Hartford, 24% for MetLife and 21% for RGA. Life insurance policies paid out over $90 billion in 2020, a 15.4% increase over 2019 according to Davidson. That's the largest year-over-year increase since the 1918 influenza pandemic. Davison said the increase in deaths represents huge, huge numbers, and that it's not elderly people who are dying, but primarily working-age people 18 to 64 who are the employees of companies that have group life insurance plans through one. America. To illustrate just how severe the current death rate is, Davison said a 1 in 200-year catastrophe would likely only cause a 10% increase over pre-pandemic deaths. Notably, Davison said that even if COVID-19 is not listed on a person's death certificate, that doesn't mean the virus didn't play a role. For example, Davison said a person can contract COVID-19 and recover, but the virus could have triggered a separate illness that eventually leads to death. It may not all be COVID on their death certificates, but deaths are up in just huge, huge numbers, Davidson said. Delayed medical care. Neither the State Department of Health nor the Washington State Hospital Association tracks the number of pandemic-delayed medical procedures, and several hospitals in the Puget Sound area reported data wasn't available. There is no way to know how many delayed medical procedures resulted in an untimely death. But UW Medicine provides a glimpse of the enormity of the problem. More than 18,000 of the health system's surgical and procedural cases had been postponed during the pandemic as of December, according to spokesperson Susan Gregg. 
UW Medicine usually performs about 60,000 operations during a typical year, according to one news report. I feel like I'm treading water, Clark County resident Beth Erickson said in December, four months after her initial hip replacement surgery date. There's nothing I can do about it and there's nobody that seems interested in trying to help. Her procedure was finally rescheduled for early February. It went well, she said. Still, it's hard to forget the long months of waiting. I know hospitals are full, Erickson added. But damn it, then what about us? Governor Jay Inslee first put elective or non-urgent surgeries on temporary hold in March 2020, as hospitals were expected to fill up with the state's initial wave of COVID patients. It expired in May, but the backlog was created, along with people and healthcare professionals treating the coronavirus like the plague. Many people remained reluctant to seek care. Then last month, all non-urgent healthcare services and procedures were again put on hold, per Inslee's emergency order. The proclamation remains in effect until Thursday. It aims to help ease the burden on healthcare systems under strain from the massive number of hospitalizations brought on by the wave of Omicron cases, Inslee said in January. Under Inslee's proclamation, UW Medicine is dividing patients' needs into three tiers. They are presently only performing third-tier operations. As demoralizing as it is, there's an understanding that Governor Inslee is doing his best of trying to help us meet the competing challenges of healthcare, and we have thousands and thousands of COVID-positive patients and enough of them needing hospitalization that requires refocusing our resources, said Dr. Dougwood, chair of UW Medicine's Department of Surgery. Unfortunately, that refocusing of resources means some people are harmed. 